everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Um, today, I am really excited to introduce you to my new friend, Christina, the Cancierge is what she's known as. Um, and she, we met at the Glowing Goddess Getaway, but I don't think we ever really hung out um, until we had a Zoom hangout. Like, I really strongly believe in making friends in the apocalypse, like whatever's happening right now. Apocalypse actually comes from some root of, uh, I think the Greek root of apocalypse means like basically the, the fresh start of something. I, um, I saw it. I saw that recently. It comforted me. Right. So, so I'm just liking to think of this time and I referred to it, um, in pre-roll when I was talking to Christina as these relentless times, because it's like, we're in this pandemic. Who knows how long this is? It's a season is what it is. And by season, I mean, not a three month period of time, but I mean, a season like an age of your life, right? Like I tend to, now that I'm in my forties, I feel like I feel my experience, my life in like these chunks of like, Oh, when I lived at that house or, Oh, when I was in that relationship or, Oh, when I was doing that job, right? Like different types of circumstances in life that kind of define the experience and that temporal period. And I feel like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but everything feels more chaotic by the day. Like everything that's going on, right? Like it's wild out there. Like, and, and I'll say this, I'm also sober from the news since like September, 2016. So like the majority of the input I get is just how the limited amount of social media I'm doing. And these days I'm actually, I'm going to just be very real with you. I'm getting very suspicious of the algorithm. Um, I think the algorithm is a way that other human beings and robots have control over our attention. Um, And it's so interesting how we willingly give our control over to other things and we're not even thinking about it. Um, So I've been really employing my targeted, I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I basically like target who I pay attention to on social media and how I consume their stuff and don't just like scroll and let the algorithm tell me what to do. Uh, I just like, there's just something for me in this time to just feel control over something, control over my attention. I can do control over my attitude. I can do. Um, so anyway, so I'm working on those things. And I think that a big part of you know, my elevation of my experience of these relentless times is also cannabis. And I'm really passionate about helping people heal with this plant. I think it's plant medicine that has been shrouded in shame for too long. And you know what, like, my fat body was shrouded in shame for like the first 20 years of my life. And that's time I'm not going to get back. But I can continue to enjoy my life in full acceptance and love of the body that I have that is ever changing and also still worthy of love today as it was 20 years ago. Right. So same with cannabis like that. It's, it's, I mean, I feel like I came into cannabis when I was meant to, but like, I also think that like, it's an incredible healing opportunity that people don't do because they feel uncomfortable about what other people will think of them. And there's so much like, you know, shit talk about cannabis. Right. Um, so I like doing things like talking to my cannabis babe friends about, uh, just how they use it, who they are. So you can get to know people who use cannabis, like either as a lifestyle or just as a healing modality. Um, but, um, and I, and I kind of feel like there's a little bit of both in there because cannabis is such an interesting plant because it's also a spiritual experience. Um, and it's also a shift of your experience of time and space. Um, it can also help you kind of control 
your thoughts. I really, I utilize cannabis, um, in my body love journey and like also my self-talk journey and how I'm working on my thought life and how I think and and the thoughts that I think and using cannabis kind of helps me keep it lighter and brighter in there. Um, I also use cannabis as an antidepressant personally. Um, it works, uh, quite well. Um, and, uh, and also anti-anxiety, it calms, uh, I have a chronic digestive disorder, it calms that. So there's a lot of things, stress reduction, um, all of the things. Anyway, so I'm excited to talk about Christina. She's super funny. Um, the first time we chatted, we were on the phone for like two, or on the phone, we were on Zoom for like two and a half hours. It was like we were at a slumber party. Um, it was really fun. And so I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend. Uh, and I always like to imagine this podcast, like we're all just hanging out on a porch together. Like, obviously, Christina and I are smoking weed. If you want to smoke weed, you can join us. Um, and this is, of course, virtually because we are in the pandemic and this is our imaginations. Our most powerful uh, weapon we have in our arsenal of anything is truly our mind and our imaginations. Um, so... But first, before this conversation, now this is my awkward segue. The best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon page. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com is a website uh, for creators like me to create membership benefits for folks like you. So I have um, over there a lot of really fun things, including Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is my one-of-a-kind aerobics class that is, um, it's, I don't know, to describe it, I would call it a healing. I would call it an aerobics class. I would call it a true homage to like nostalgia as like um, a method of reclaiming your body. Like I I would call it all of those things and still more. Um, I'm kind of like a Richard Simmons meets Miss Piggy meets Dolly Parton meets, I don't know what you're going to expect. Sort of like body positive wizardry. I don't know. But it's a fun class. I really hope that you'll give it a shot. Um, And I have it there as part of a $25 monthly membership um, that supports this podcast, supports all the things I do in the world. Um, But also, you can get on there for five bucks uh, a month and take part in my Zoom aerobics class. So that's 11 a.m. on Saturdays Pacific time. And we all get together. We do my class and then we have a little check-in afterwards. It's really a wonderful experience. I was very reticent to Zoom because you'll hear in the recording of, of this podcast some Zoom issues. I feel like the Zoom issues make people sound like oracles uh, in a way where like they kind of like make more sense in a metaphysical way, you know, less sense in a literal way because you're missing words because that's what happens with Zoom, right? So aerobics isn't like perfect on Zoom, but it's actually really fun to be together. And I kind of like in our weird digital times that our technologies for video conferencing and recording are not yet perfect, right? It kind of gives us the reminder that this is actually an artificial technology. Um, We're not in real life. But um, anyway, so I, I don't know, that was the most philosophical Patreon plug I've ever done on this podcast. I'm going to just hand myself the trophy for that today. Um, high five for being awkward. Um, start before you're ready is the unofficial motto of this podcast. And um, so yeah, so we're going to get started. Cozy up on the porch with your favorite childhood blanket. Um, imagine uh, you, me and Christina. And, and you know, since you're, it's your imagination, we can pass that joint. I'm just going to say, okay, love you all so much. To the computer. Okay. To the- 
I think we're live. Christina, welcome. We're on the cloud. We're on the computer. Welcome to the podcast, Christina, the Cancierge. Um, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so Yay. stoked. Yay. Okay. Well, let's start business in the front. I, tell us what the Cancierge is and offers and um, all of the things. Oh, I can do that. Okay, so the name is a play on words. The Concierge Career in Hospitality, and I'm um, a cannabis educator. So generally, I work with women and others to give them a functional education to make really informed consumption decisions when they go out into the world of weed. I've been at this for 26 years as an advocate, cannabis patient, and citizen scientist. I'm also a sociologist and economist, so I understand a lot of the other underpinnings that the criminalization of this plant has done to our world, especially women. And um, three or four years ago, I was laid off from a job in public education, which I absolutely adored. And I felt sorry for myself for a few months. And then I decided I'm gonna start being outward about my weed use, be a serial normalizer. And it grew into a business. So I'm consulting, doing education individually and with groups and workshop settings, as well as consulting with companies on marketing and creative endeavors. And it is definitely my dream come true. Ah, oh, I love that. Living the dream, living out your passion, helping other people. Like, and I really, I mean, honestly, we were just talking about this before we started recording, but like normalizing the use of cannabis. Like, and I think normal is such a weird, toxic word. Like, the, uh, yes. I held myself against normal for so long and that made me feel bad about my body size. Yeah. It made me feel bad about my sexuality, about like all of the things that make me wonderful and weird are not normal. And I am so far away from normal now that like, I'm just like, whoever I date has to also be very, very weird, you know, like, and it, and just in an understanding of like, you're just not like this world, but I don't think we're meant to be. And I think yeah. cannabis actually helps us be ourselves more -normalize. Um, we're renormalizing yeah. we're making everything like supposed to be weird and more comfortable because i think we get so fettered you use this word uh also which i loved like we just get so dragged down by these ideas of who we're supposed to be yeah. um when this like healing plant is here and it's just like kind of shrouded in this shame and secrecy that folks have been laden it with that comes like way back from prohibition eras and before and again profiting companies or whatever um but tell me more about like what uh you would suggest like to a first time cannabis user someone who's really like curious about popping into cannabis for self-care especially maybe even in these times because we're recording this in the pandemic if you're listening to this in like 2022 uh what's it like um, i know and this is a, a weed cough you hear by the way a weed cough Sorry about that. Okay, so what I would tell a first timer. So uh, in my in my practice as a consultant, what I do is I I give my clients a uh, a questionnaire that I've written. I have a background in ethnomethodology, which is questionnaire writing, and so I have written this. Um, tell this me that word again. Ethnomethodology. Ethnomethodology. It's ah, like research. Yes. It's the narrative part of research versus the data. It's giving the story to the data. So essentially, I um, 
talk to, I, I get all this information from my clients asking about their prior use, their view, their goals and aspirations for what they want out of this experience. Maybe it's just information. And from, and then I also ask them, you know, it's confidential. So I ask them like specific drugs that they might be taking or, um, and uh, other types of health oriented questions. And then from that point, we set a time to talk. So I've gotten a bit of information from them back in the you know beginning. So without having that, what I would tell people is um, start low and slow. Do not go straight to edibles first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And don't trust a random bud tender and um, be open to things that might have scared you in the past. I have a friend who, as we call it, got weed poisoned. She really just smoked too much weed and needed a sandwich. And um, so for 20 years, for 20 years, I've been like, bitch, you just, you just need to try a little something else. But now she's all hopped up on CBD and extremely happy. Mm -hmm. So you really can't be um in this day and age when we have so much new knowledge about the constituents and compounds that exist in this plant and their benefits uh it's it, you can't be closed-minded anymore there's a lot more um nascent uh research from places like ucsd The way you're going to think about it. if you want to talk about if you want that kind of data if that speaks to your heart and you want to know that a scientist at UCSD says this is good for you do it there it exists a lot of people are like no there's no research there's a shit ton of research most of it's not from the U.S. because we're um, xenophobic <laughs> but uh, is uh, Israel has a shit ton like there's just tons of it there's tons of it it's all over the world so there's research to back it and then there's people like me you know, sometimes my friends' moms won't listen to them, but I've been hired many times and been on Zoom with moms and grandmas of my friends and clients who are afraid of the stigma of going to a dispensary. They're afraid of being known as someone who uses cannabis. And they had serious, deeply held misperceptions that precluded them from even researching it. And I have had clients who are um, in positions in uh, professional world where they can't have search results with cannabis or anything in them based on what they do for a living. So um, when they have a conversation with me, I know what they are trying to achieve. I know their background and I'm impartial, I'm objective, and I'm not going to push somebody to do something they're not you know, comfortable doing. Uh, my husband's not a THC user, and so I have like kind of a, a case study in my life all the time because I'm trying so many different products. I try everything before I recommend something to my clients always, and, um, and he's oftentimes my guinea pig too because he has no THC tolerance. So I'm like, here, try this two milligram thing and it, see how it works. And so... Um, you know, I have a great story of a client who is now 100 years old and she, she's not driving to her work now, but homegirl was driving to the company that her, her son owned. It was like two miles from her house. She drives to and from there, 99 years old. And she was having nerve pain 
in her hip and leg and, and her granddaughter contacted me and she's like, this is a woman who does not use like nothing like this ever. And so great. Let's, let's work on finding a single milligram, something to either inhale or ingest. And then let's work on topicals and a patch. And this little lady got, uh, the weed delivered for her. She didn't even know this existed. So she had a patch, a transdermal patch, THCA. So she didn't get high. And she's a little lady. So she cut that little thing in, in fours and she puts it on and it still works for her. And she never would have even thought to try something with cannabis in it if she hadn't had um, a conversation where I was on the phone and her granddaughter was sitting there. And so it really, it's extremely gratifying for me because it adds to my practice and how I'm dealing with folks of different ages and belief systems and backgrounds and health um, conditions and statuses. But it's also so rewarding because I'm helping people like my grandparents who um, have seen so much innovation and it they deserve to reap the benefits of what we've learned over the last few years. And although they haven't themselves been involved in it, it's up to us. You know, they're, we're the future generation that they've been talking about. And so that's what I hope to do for my daughter so that she can advocate for whatever, you know, is important in, in, in her life. But, um, long answer. Great answer. Get some education. Talk to someone you trust who is a cannabis user. Do a little research. I do consults and um, I text with clients all the time. And it's just a wonderful joy of my life. And then I also, they tell me that it's, it's helping them. And that is so, so wonderful. That's the, some of the best parts of my life are helping other people and then finding success with something. And um, other than parenting and being a family member, that's definitely like the most important thing. And I just love, I love weed so much. And I just love what it does for humanity. It's just so great. It's really gratifying. Yay. I'm really glad people like you exist in this world. Like, I think I just want people to take away from this conversation, not just like weed is great. And like, this is a thing that can help you, but also like, you can really love what you do and you can really find a niche for yourself. Synthesizing parts of your background that you didn't know all came together um, into something that can actually create a career for you. And like, we get really boxed into this idea that we have to trade our time for money. We need job security and all that kind of stuff. And of course it's terrifying being an entrepreneur, um, like relying on yourself, right? Um, yeah. So it's like, it, but also the fun thing about cannabis is it makes it a little easier to deal with that uncertainty. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. I'm literally paid to weed sometimes. I'm like, it's not bad. It's not a bad gig. Yeah. But in, um, you know, what I find key to doing that great segue to professionalizing your passion as I call what I have done is keeping it authentic. The second you're not real, it's just like you're faking something. And yeah. I just, I have to be exactly who I am and it's not for everyone and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I always say like my family and dearest friends follow my feed. They'd call me out real quick if there was like 
falsification station. So, I mean, being authentic and what I thought when I first started uh, being public with my work, um, because I did it for many years, just not realizing it was informal. I was my family and friends weed coach because I was just the stoner, you know, and they were like, what do you think about this? I'm like, well, let me tell you, you know, and I was like, they're, you know, default for all this information. So um, what I find now is that it just makes sense. I'm just basically answering the same kind of questions that my friends and family still are asking me. I mean, I get the funniest questions, like <laughs> from my mom or <laughs> or uh random old ladies that will hear me speak talking you know about something or um it's great it's really great and uh people feel comfortable asking me questions they think are stupid i'm not ever say that like don't ever say that and um and you know you know what the one thing that people constantly bring up is cbd they're always like i'm gonna get high and i'm like no you're gonna be really disappointed if you want to get high when you take cbd you are gonna be really disappointed but uh if somebody wants to do, uh, people do contact me, ask me like, how did you, you know, how do I do start a business in cannabis? And it's all about being authentic to yourself. Like I happen to have a background in community organizing, education, fundraising and hospitality, and then like weed. And I'm a creative, creative person. So like, I just really have like, hey, well, project-based learning and um, from uh, so everything else. like I'm learning as I go building the ship as I sail it a pressure off um and also having multiple gigs to pay you so that it's not stressful because I have a traditional gig I'm a bookkeeper an assistant and like I do other stuff that's great it's virtual it's so fitting for my lifestyle and um I'm also really blessed because my husband and I have done well for ourselves and he has a great job still and so I'm able to do that. And I am grateful for that every day because I know that, I mean, the majority of people do not have my situation. So, and you know, I grew up with a lot of scarcity, so I know what that feels like. And uh, I'm like really grateful, but um, I encourage every, you know, like, I hope there are other people like me. There are, I know so many of them and it's just so awesome. And I just want, I come from a, my last traditional career was at a very progressive district of public charter schools in San Diego. And it was extremely collaborative. So I come from a place of, I am an expert, but I'm also a learner. So I'm constantly like, Hey, we do similar work. Do you want to work together? A lot of people are miserly with their, you know, they feel like it's might be threatening, but I think collaboration is key and um, collaboration over co or cooperation over competition has been extremely successful for me. So especially working with women, it's, um, it's something that I've tried to be very outward about. And um, so finding like a mentor, somebody to talk to you about things, also realizing that sometimes that looks like consulting. So sometimes strangers ask me a lot of questions, I'll answer a couple, but if I'm talking to you for more than five minutes, we should, we should set up a call and you should see, you should, pay me for my time and we'll, we'll do this. And people do. So it's. So it's great. It's really awesome. And people um, are also learning from me and 
I hope to, you know, um, dispel people's, you know, so I have, I recently had a call with someone who was, um, oh, you were, like you were saying, starting before you're ready. She's like, oh, I don't know. I don't have a website yet. I'm like, that doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. You have an Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, totally starting before you're ready and just be, being willing to fall down and make mistakes and then ask people for help. Yeah. And being willing. And also, interwebs are, I mean, you can learn anything anything so it's research being inquisitive yeah and also being thoughtful too about like when you're researching like um about sources and like who's giving you what information because anybody can write anything on the internet like right. it doesn't mean it's true just because it's well, on there so figuring out who you admire and who you try well, i can go on a tangent on critical thinking <laughs> the most important skill oh, yeah. in mean, college was critical thinking it's like an expensive degree to learn that but you can learn that on your own it was. it was it's i think it's sometimes more expensive to learn on your own yes uh, that's your tuition for for uh being an entrepreneur is not the degree it's the mistakes um yes. but also being willing <laughs> what has slowed me down yeah. a lot is letting failure stop me and then not getting right back up and and starting again like just falling on my ass and just laying there for a while yeah. which is what you feel like doing and, and it's helpful. You lay on your ass for a day, but like, just keep it moving. Cause like, once you realize that failure is just part of the suck part of success and like 90% of success looks like failure, then you're like, Oh, let me get through this as fast as I can. Yes. Yes. I tell that to my daughter a lot. And, uh, because you know, she was making like a Rube Goldberg machine and her teacher's already telling you it's going to fail 20 times before it, you know, succeeds. So count how many times, you know, and so I'm like, yeah, it's a numbers game, man, statistics. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got, a, I got unafraid of failure a long time ago because I just like, it's just so much better to make mistakes and learn from that shit. And I was like a, I was really afraid of math for a long time because I didn't have a solid, uh, foundation in it as a young mathematician. But when I was in college, I had really fucking hard math classes for my degree and I did not realize that. And so I had to uh, sort of swallow my pride and I got a tutor and homeboy taught me, um, he was a fellow student and in, he, I paid him, but also he asked me about like social stuff mm. because he was kind of a nerd, a little, a little, um, you know, just closed and didn't have a lot of friends. And I was like, dude, you're awesome. Nerds are great. I'm a nerd. I just, I'm social. Mm -hmm. And I, I, t I remember him meeting me at a party once and I was like, come inside. He's like, will you come outside? And I was like, come inside. And he's like, will you come outside and meet me? And I was like, okay. So I had to like go outside, but he just didn't feel comfortable coming in alone. And it was like this weird thing. Cause, but the more that I got to know him, um, and I understood like, oh, your frailties are strengths of mine. I felt so much more comfortable asking him, nope, I still don't understand that. You're going to have to explain that for the 25th time. And he's like, fine, you know, do it. We do it. And I, I got so much better at math because I advocated for my own needs in that sense. And now I, I just do that now and I apply that to now. Oh my God, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Just like, figure out how 
to keep working on something until you get it and be and don't like get your pride and ego all caught up in like whether you get it i think so many of us fake it yeah we all learn in so such different ways like my husband will try to tell me something i'm like no i gotta i need to do it i need to physically do the thing otherwise i'm not going to understand it so finding out figuring out what type of learner you are is also because i mean everybody is different just there's no shame in it yeah totally I'm like it's so interesting because I think um I learn in a combination of ways but like it really helps me to get all three like Mm hands-on and visual and auditory like Mm -hmm. if I can get that that mix um and also to be learning different things and constantly applying them to each other like right right now I have this practice where I go in the forest every day for like probably about an hour at least just but usually stoned and just walking around doing a little dancing and like, and that's when I work on my I love your forest. Sorry. I, I love it too. And like, it's also, I'm, I'm in a period of deep study. Um, I keep pulling I, through this coronavirus. I keep pulling the hermit card from my tarot deck. Cause I'm, I'm meant to be just like here and learning. Ooh. And so it's great. Cause like I, I synthesize a lot of what I'm learning because I take that time and walk and clear my head. And I wish I had, employed that level of self-discipline and that level of self-care when I was in college and in other times in my life where I was focused a lot on learning oh uh, because I think no. it would have synthesized um, and and helped me grow faster, I think. But, you know, we all, I, I mean, I didn't really come to, to terms with understanding failure as truly part of success until last year when I really like fell on my ass a lot. And I was like, oh, this is just me releasing what's not working for me and raising up to a new level and like yeah Yeah. that was me through your in 2017 yeah and I transitioned to my my current work yeah yeah and like and also that that moment in your entrepreneurial journey where you realize that like job security is a myth (laughs) you might as well yeah dude they didn't yeah no (laughs) I really show up one day years ago yeah, you just show up one day and your job doesn't exist anymore because you're a line item in a budget. You're not treated like a valuable, unique human being. Whereas like when you're doing your own thing and you're an entrepreneur, like I feel really grateful that right now in my life, everything I do is only is something only I can do. And like that feel like I'm like I live in my mom's neighborhood now. I'm the only person who can be her daughter. So like I, there's so many unique things I get to do. And I feel super grateful that that's how my life is now versus like me just being some lawyer in some company someplace like living for three weeks of vacation. Like that's not the life I want. Um, yeah. and like sending items and identifying as my myself as a caregiver in that sense and um because i was starting to lose that connection and feeling really bad about it and uh guilty and it's not my fault it's really just it's the times and valuing those other roles is also you know like i am the only one that can mother this particular child and these fur animals that I fucking love my animals and uh my husband being a wife and an entrepreneur and um a spiritual being for sure you know like not tethered to an organized religion I'm definitely omniscient energy probably more female than male 
uh, type of belief system. But uh, I've been pulling some interesting tarot cards too. I only have one deck and I see people collect different tarot decks. So I'm kind of like, oh, how do you do that? You know, um, a friend of mine gave me this deck. I feel like I have to be like, they have to come to me. I don't know why, but um, I've been pulling a lot. of like the yin and yang card. Mm. And um, for me, that's translated into things that like I really don't want to do. <laughs> like, uh, like cons- daily exercise is <laughs> just really I can I do it but I do it really begrudgingly and I'm trying to reframe that to be more motivated and I want to be as excited to get like thank my body and be like I love you I love you because I do that I'm like yay but I want to get as excited to do that as I do to like smoke weed uh, I don't know if I can reach that level <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no. it's possible. It's so possible. It's so possible you can get excited about that level of self-care, but like sometimes you just got to like do the thing and act your way in the feeling. Um, rather- yeah. It's like I, I want to feel, maybe it's the feeling of, of I get after the exercise that I want to, I'll feel that good. Yeah. yeah. Like that. And also I found that exercise helps me get more stoned. Um, so when I've done, and I mean, I do a lot of exercises that involves heart openers, which is, I think, the key. I don't think it's just movement. I think it's actual heart openers, um, which is, like, the physical motion of, like, doing things that open up this region, your chest, right? Like, you can open wide like this. You can do, like, a hug. You can hug the air in front of you. You can just, like, kind of – I like to also just kind of pump open. It's hard to demonstrate in a chair, but I do this, like, motion where it's it's almost like I'm just, like, popping out fairy on my back, right? So – and that opens up the heart. And I think that helps elevate my, my cannabis experience, get a little more stoned. Um, are there any other hacks you have for like kind of leveling up how stoned you can be if you're already a stoner and you just, you just need a pandemic strength, uh, level up. In your- uh, well, if you're already a stoner, but you're not a dabber, that is something to explore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, we should, uh, we should do something on um, concentrates actually, because it's something that is really uh, intimidating to people. And it was to me as well until a few years ago. And it's diametrically changed my cannabis practice for sure. Um, Different effects, different effects. So I would say look into a nice dab situation. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can do a nectar collect, a little tiny torch and uh, you know, a little gram of some nice live resin. Live resin only, ladies and gents, everybody. Um, try it. Just saying. Live resin. I love it. I've dabbed, but only at the Glowing Goddess Getaway. Um, that was where I had my first dab. And Celine told me this at, at the on the occasion of my first dab. Oh, Celine tells me, Bevan, just don't start dabbing at home because then you can never go back to flower. You're just going to want to dab. Um, which I was like duly noted because I already had noticed that my tolerance had gotten much higher. Um, and so, and I, and I like saving it for me for special occasions. So like, yes, right. But if you're a person, I mean, dabbing is so great cause like it's much lower odor. Um, and so if you're the kind of person who needs to like smoke and function, like use your THC and function and, or use your THC in a way where you're not going to get caught. Like if you, if you don't, if you're around people who are judgy or like you're in an environment that's not weed conducive, it like, it's almost the equivalent of smoking a whole joint, like in one dab. 
it's pretty uh, intense, but you know, you can control it. You can yeah. control it. And you can now find ratios where there's some CBD in it. And um, I even my dad hit my puff coat with it because I was like, look, dad, you can try this because it's not that much weed. And it was great. Oh. Um, but the other thing about dabs are that they're more long, they last longer. Yeah. And uh, I feel it's a deeper level. Of, it's just different. It's a little bit different. Deeper, um, but I mean, I love smoking flour too. I'm like 50, yeah. 50. It really depends. Um, would say having some dabs in your freezer for, you know, once in a while is not a bad deal. Yeah. And also how blessed are you to have gotten your first dab from Celine? Like, I'm well, just saying, like, she wasn't my bud tender. She was just there with the experience. Oh, uh, my bud tender. To her. But to have her there, right? And like, my bud tender was Alex. And that's just because, like, oh, then, you know, then, then yeah. she is the ultimate dab fairy. Exactly. Oh exactly. So I feel like I had the true going goddess getaway experience. What I loved about it, too, is that I learned that um, dabbing helps me. Um, so when I'm smoking weed, right, I like to smoke towards the end of the day because I don't like to not be smoking weed anymore. So if I'm just like smoking and then I have to not, cause like I'm dry, I don't like to smoke when I drive. So like, I've noticed that when I dab, it clears up. I don't feel grumpy at the end of it. And when I'm smoking flour, I feel very grumpy when I stop smoking weed. But when I'm dabbing, it just kind of dissipates. And it's just like, oh, okay. So for me, it's like a good morning situation. It's like, very yeah. spiritual um and it's, maybe it's, it peters off you know yeah actually i notice the same thing because i'll forget that like i won't i usually like if i'm smoking weed i'll be like oh you know like an hour or two later i'll be like hey, smoke more a little weed but yeah. after a dab or two like i don't go back you know i'm like la 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 yeah um, but uh yeah it's a long time that's awesome though yeah that's really was... cool. so and I mean, also, you know what the other thing that i like to do that um is just kind of like to up your your weed game mm -hmm. um, is really layer your lifting. I've written a couple articles about this where um, I play with using multiple um, applications of different weed products at the same time, you know, like from all these different senses. So like from the, a great bath to smoking weed to taking an edible laying, you know, in your bath and then using topicals afterward. I mean, there's just like, all these ways to just totally personalize your experience and the fact that you know like it doesn't have to be scary you can smoke a puff take a quarter of an edible and infuse your bath I mean, like it's just a whole other like atmosphere but you know, I journal when I do that too. You know, it's like you just meld all these things together. And that really is like, it's way different than just sitting around and great. But it's just, it's a whole different, you know, application of that head butt on weed type of um, situation, you know. So it's, I, I'm a big fan of combining my different products and thoughtful and just fun ways. Sometimes I'll just eat a shit ton of edibles and watch a movie that I love. <laughs> yeah. But I love combining things and just variety. I love that. I think the layering is so smart too and like creating ritual around it and then journaling is such a good way to connect with spirit and like the goddess and like see what's coming through. Like um, I was literally just talking to Noemi Sparks yesterday who does, she teaches Janja yoga. 
um, and she was talking about this uh, Gabby Bernstein method of like meditate for 10 minutes and then journal. And I was like, uh, but she adds smoking weed before meditating and then journaling. And I was like, oh, you mean it's like ganja Gabby Bernstein. Yeah. <laughs> I so, love it. It's like, it's like all these ways, like, I mean, but it's just different ways of connecting to spirit. And like, sometimes the cannabis just helps. It relieves the pain that's distracting you. It relieves the emotional pain that's distracting you. And it just enables you to kind of just get up into your higher self who is always okay. Like your higher self is always loving and chill. Like that's the truth of your true nature. Like think of a baby, unless their needs aren't being met, like they're loving and chill and, and exploring and excited. And so it's a really just beautiful thing to create that for yourself as you're like reparenting. We were talking about this earlier too, like just connecting to yourself from that higher space. I love the rituals of stuff. Like if you could see, like I always travel with like little um, textiles to kind of like personalize my candle and um, incense and like, I don't know, just like spiritual totems. And I like kind of let them like jump out at me like as I'm leaving, you know, so I brought like selenite and uh, it just, I, I wonder what that is. Like, I do love the ritual of, and like vibe setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's what the term it might be, but uh, a vibe curator, but yeah. um, even for myself, you know, it's like kind of treat it like someone's coming over or whatever, you know, you can like make it special, but it's just for you. Yeah, it's just for you. Just for uh, you. What's your sign? I am a Gemini. I was born mm-hmm. June fifteenth. Okay. Um, know- year of the horse in the Chinese zodiac. And 19- I know nothing else. Nineteen seventy-eight. <laughs> yes. Oh, same. Uh, also, year of the horse. Um, Hell yeah, girl. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, do you know your rising and your moon? Mm-mm. No. Oh, no, I don't. I wish I did. Next time we hang out, I'll do your chart. And we'll, oh my God. We'll dig it. What are you doing later? Just like. <laughs> I'm doing my budget. You're like, I've had enough. <laughs> it's not had enough. I've just time blocked. Like, I got to get this budget finished. I've been talking about, I think, the last two podcast episodes about how I'm working on, like, getting my budget together and, like, getting. Yes. I don't make that much money, but I actually have no idea really how much I make and what's, like, a business expense and, like, really digging in and figuring it all out. So that's what I'm working on. Time blocked. Yes, we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm gonna have success in this. I'm so excited to just have it over with. It's like you'll feel great when it's done. You're gonna smoke and go dancing, Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, "Fuck yeah!" Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like it's sometimes for me changing a habit is about getting sick of myself not changing it. Oh my god! I think the same thing often. I'll be like, "I'm so sick of myself doing this. Why the fuck am I doing this?" Yes, but then I change it. Yes. Why am I still doing this? Why? Yeah. Why am I still doing oh. this? Exactly. Yeah. That'd be uh, a great podcast name, actually. Why am I still doing this? Why am I still? That is a good podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you tell me just before we wrap up, will you tell me a fun weed story that you enjoy? Like one of your favorite, like just stories of smoking weed. Oh my God. Life? Yes. My first dad. This is actually a great segue. This oh, is great, hilarious. Great. Uh-huh. So this was early, like I started going to pink seshes like three years ago, I think. And the pink sesh, if you don't know what it is, it's a San Diego based women's cannabis club and brand. They're actually launching. Um, but I started going to these 
these women's seshes. They're on Mondays in the middle of the day and they kind of fit in perfectly, you know, hours before you have to do school pickup, like fucking awesome way to start off your week. Right. And, um, I remember going and Leslie flowers on flowers was there and who I adore. And, um, she's like, Hey, would you like a dab? And I said, you know, I haven't had one of those in like a long time. How strong is it? She's like, it's strong. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do it. And it was a very, she's like, that was a big dab. (laughs) I was like, Oh, and I, I definitely was on silent mode. I remember going, sitting down, eating something and being like, da, 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 like out of body a little bit. We were like, oh, okay. And so the sesh ends and it's like, you know, maybe two hours later at this point, I'm still really, really high. And I had to go to Home Depot for some reason. So I go to Home Depot and I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, like shopping, like why, what? Okay, I gotta go, gotta get to school pickup. <laughs> And I'm like, I gotta eat some protein. So I eat some protein. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like 20 minutes till school pickup. And I was like, I don't know if I can drive. And so I finished my food. And meanwhile, I call my dad. I'm like, dad, you might need to go to school pickup. And he's like, why? What's wrong? I was like, oh, I'm just um, really high. He's like, Christina. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and that dad voice sobered me right up. And I was like, do do do. But it was like a five hour high. It was ridiculous. I was really too. <laughs> so thanks again, Leslie, for that fucking shit show. He didn't pick her up. I was safe. Everything was good. But it was very funny. Wait, that is hilarious. I love that. I, I feel like um, as a, someone who has now learned, I went from like having never dabbed before by like my fifth getaway, which like, you know, can, in time, in actual time, it wasn't that long, but like my fifth getaway, like then I was maybe even my third getaway, I was learning how to dab tend. And by the time my fifth getaway came around, I was like fully like a main dab tender in the dab thing, just dabbing yes. people. And like, and also you can like really small, medium, large dabbing is a real thing. Like for me, I, I just don't have the lung capacity to take more than a small dab. Like, so whenever Alex dabs for me, she usually clears the, I mean, pre COVID times, clears I know. The, the chamber for me. So it's, uh, she's honestly one of my favorite people to dab with. Yeah. She's great. Um, and also the she's whole my- setup, everything's she's got like all the little pearls and knows her temperatures. She's literally who I will consult about. Dab. She's really, uh, I love that this is the Alex fan show. I'm going to send her this. I know, I know. Um, anyway, so uh, Christina, how can people find you on the internet to learn from you, connect from you, buy your awesome merch, like your mask that says it's a weed cough? That's a good one. I've said that to a lot of people. It's a good joke. Excellent. I will, I have to send you one. Uh, yes, it's a weed cough. I'm stoned, not sick. Uh, and uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so you can find me on the interwebs on Instagram at concierge. So it's T-H-E-C-A-N-N-C-I-E-R-G-E and uh, the website of the same name and um, hook me up with yourself. I'm sorry. I'm just a little uh, taken with biscuit. Sorry. <laughs> he was like doing something really cute and I forgot what I was talking about. Um, contact me if you would like to live or learn about cannabis. I'm about it. Uh, and, um, I so appreciate being here. This was so 
fun. I just adore you, Bevan. I'm so excited. And this was just a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks, Christina. I also truly find you delightful. The first time we hung out, like we were on Zoom for like, I think two and a half hours. I was like, it, I long time. it was great. It, was it happened. I was like, well, I thought it'd be like an hour long hangout. And then suddenly it's like 1030. And I'm like, whoa, dude, uh, we can chat forever. So I'm super yes. glad to bring our IRL friendship into the podcast land and share your wisdom with my audience. I hope that everyone like felt some sort of empowerment from this, like whether it's to go out and try your first puff of something to get some relief, or if it's to get a little more high, or if it's to elevate your cannabis experience, or if it's to sort of step into your passion and pursue something great for your life that is unique to what you're here to bring. Um, I feel like Christina really shows what's possible in all of those arenas and more. <laughs>